You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, y'all are excited for it. It's our best books of the year halftime show. Wee-oo, wee-oo. <laughs> we forgot our whistles. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're talking about our favorite 2022 releases that have come out. Basically, they're, they're, if they came out between January and June, we'll talk about them. No July. Yes, which is tough because there's a lot of books. There's some good books in there's July. There's two but- books in particular that are coming out in July that uh, we really, really, really love, but they're, we can't talk about them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, Bria, what are you reading? I finished a book that I loved and honestly may have ended up on this list if I had, I did the list. And then you finished reading and, and then you I were like, reading no. this book. Um, this book is called Anatomy, A Love Story by Dana Schwartz. I keep meaning to buy this. This feels like something you would like. First of all, Edinburgh alert. Y'all love. <laughs> Why is Edinburgh so, so it's a hot city Y'all right now. Love Edinburgh. And we've got multiple people saying, I would like books set in Edinburgh. So and I, I've tried to find more books set there. And I well, remember, I feel like I went through like one month where I was like, Why are all the books that I'm reading set in Edinburgh? Yeah, well, add another one to it. This one is set <laughs> in 1817, Edinburgh. Uh, and it is um about a young it's YA. It's about a young lady who wants to be a surgeon more than she wants to have a husband. And Relatable. It is all about that time in surgery where it was horrifying to be a human. Sure was. It was horrifying, but she loves it. She's fascinated by body parts. She likes opening stuff up. But of course... <laughs> She, what a great way to put that. She, she like sees an orange and she's yeah, all excited. It. Basically. I want to rip uh, that open. Uh, and and she um, tries to go and join this school. And of course, they're like, you're a girl. And it's 1817. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, so she's like, you know what? What if I pass this medical examination on my own? Can I be a doctor then? And they're like, okay, fine. But you can't take any of the classes. So then it becomes this whole thing. And then, now I have to tell you something. There's something in the book you won't like. Does she cut open a snake? Love triangle. Uh, does she kill one of the guys and cut him open? I feel like we talked about this last week, but as a love triangle, do the two people at the bottom of the triangle also have to like each other? <laughs> that would be such a great love triangle. Because why though. is it called a triangle? It's really just a love arrow or a yes. love... How funny would that be if the two guys were like, you know what, fuck this lady, and they started dating each other? I feel like I've read books like that, too. But this one, this one is not. There's just her... A love and arrow. And like a, a cute... Resident guy who steals bodies from graves. Ooh, and then also, dreamy. Dreamboat alert. There is a man that she's supposed to marry. Oh, all right. Is that a love triangle? Well, does she really, but is she into the guy who she's supposed to marry? I think you're going to have to read the book. There's a new uh, independent bookstore up on the mountain uh, where I live in Idlewild called Speakeasy. And the owner always has this book and I always look at it and I need, I just need to buy it. This book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. Also, I just think the cover is really great. One of the yeah. best covers of the year. It's just like a human heart, right? It's a human heart with like um, uh, a woman. It it's, looks like a human heart, but it's a woman, and it's actually her dress. Oh. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. So pretty. Yes. Um, what are you reading? I am reading a short story collection. I feel like I'm reading more short story collections than I this year than I have in like the last five years combined. Uh, but this is a really, really great one for summer. Highly recommend. It's called Fruiting Bodies by Katherine Harlan. And all of the stories, a lot of them are about coming of age in some way. And some of them are a little bit magical and some of them are not. Like one of them is about a little girl who uh, lives in an um, RV with her father as he drives around the, the um uh, the country looking for a, a cryptid that he oh, thinks is that. his like 
quest to find this 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 uh, cryptid thing. Um, and a lot of them are just about like the weird, possibly supernatural, at least supernatural feeling things that happen to us when we're growing up and becoming um, adults. And most of them are about actually, so all of them so far, I haven't finished it, but all of them so far are about little girls um, growing up and like just the weird you know, growing up is weird, mm-hmm. um, but the the they're really beautiful stories, and I love that are just like they're just a little bit strange. Um, great summer reading. This would be a great beach read. Hmm. Um, so that's Fruiting Bodies by Katherine Harlan. Mine is Anatomy, a love story by Dana Schwartz. So we got a lot of feedback about tracking your reading. Love to see all the ways people track their reading. Uh, Leah wrote in to say, Hi, Brianne Mallory. Love listening to your show every week. I've used Goodreads for a few years to track my books, and I also use the Storygraph app. I love Storygraph because it tracks the genres and also moods of the books you read. My other favorite feature is for your TBR books. You can mark if you own it or not. Oh, interesting. That, yeah, which is great. I didn't even didn't talk look about at that last time. No, that's really, really cool, though. It also has a buddy read feature where you can comment and it hides until your buddy gets to that, pa- uh, that, gets to that part cute. of the book. That is we really didn't know that cool. either. That's we should great. try. We should. We should do this with the Amish romance book. Oh, maybe we should. That's cute. Um, which is The Imposter by Suzanne Woods Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- and Leah says I have a My Reading Life journal that was from the Anne Bogle made, which we love uh, as well. That I write down my favorite reads in, so I can remember them. But I don't write down every book in that. Oh, that's interesting. You have a journal that's just for stuff you really like. Yeah, I, which I think is cool. That's mm-hmm. a really cool way to do it. BDL wrote in and said, in response to episode 258, where ways to track your reading are discussed, I thought I would share how I track my reading. My notes app on my phone is very useful while I'm out of the house and want to share what I've been reading. I read a lot and often can't remember everything I've read recently. Secondly, a physical notebook is useful. I like we all are doing digital and physical. Um, A physical notebook is useful as well. I am going to start putting a sentence or two why I liked or did not like the book as well as it will help me choosing books in the future. Thirdly, Instagram is my chosen platform to share books and a way to track my reading. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Sure, we didn't even talk about Instagram last week. Um, I don't see my bookish friends in person very often and Instagram allows my friends to keep up with my reading. I'm considering I'm considered among my friends to be one the one for book recs. Good for you. <laughs> so I am sure they even get ideas on what to read next from my feed. God, we didn't even think to but that would be a really cool it'd be fun to make an instagram that was just the books that you read yeah i think that's a lot of people who yeah. follow glasses and reading glasses <laughs> you're I, like i see this all I the time see, i feel like i see it yeah but to be fair i don't think instagram needs any more advertising from probably from reading glasses probably. <laughs> uh christopher wrote in to say that i use the book riot book log uh, a lot of people love the book riot yeah. spreadsheet for tracking Christopher says it's nice for tracking your books and includes the format like graphic novels, audio, has marking for both author and main character representation for disability, people of color, LGBTQ characters, trans characters, um, gender and nationality of author, original translation language, genre, and allows for do not finish books. Um, And for the data nerds, it has a data tab with all kinds of stats. And there's a graph tab for visual. Whoa. Uh, like breakdown by page counts, books read per month, genre, gender, etc. You can use it to compare author, genre, etc. to your rating if you're good with Excel spreadsheets, but the stuff that is there is pretty good. Like I figured out I read more fantasy than sci-fi, always thought it was flipped. That would, you know, it, it is, honestly, the reason why, the, the, the real, like, 
best part of doing all these tracking apps is at the end of the year going, huh, and like looking at the breakdown. Is that like one moment of going, looking at all the genres and like, like, wow, I need to read more main characters that are disabled or wow, Mm -hmm. I read way more romance than I thought. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. I also like, I'm just looking at their reading log right now and there's a whole tab for book spending and how much you spent on books this year. Ooh, don't want to look at that. That's Mm -hmm. called my taxes. (laughs) If you want to do your taxes while doing your reading log. Oh boy. Um, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes and a few bookmarks. I just want to remind folks, hey, in July, next month, I am coming to the UK. I've already got some uh, folks who have reached out from the UK that are going to come to some events. I am so excited to see Glassers there. I am going on tour for Girly Drinks, my James Beard award winning book. Thank Hello. you to all the people who who congratulated me. That was really, really kind. Um, but I am coming to Oxford. I am coming to London. Uh, I will have, uh, I have a link on my website to all the events. I am really excited. Like the Oxford one, they're going to be serving drinks there, which is really, really cool. So if you want to talk, come, come meet me, hear me talk about books and girly drinks and writing. I'm really, really excited about it. I'm going to, it's going to be the last weekend, last week of July. Um, and there'll be a link in the show notes for the dates and information. If you're a UK glasser, please come see me. I would love to meet you. Also, a reminder, folks, that our readathon is on August 21st. Uh, it's going to be all day, baby. We are really, really excited. We're going to have a Zoom party for our Max Fun subscribers. We're going to do one live stream for everybody. It's going to be an absolute blast. We'll be releasing times closer to the date, but just mark off August 21st. It's a Sunday. You're going to read all day. Before we talk about our favorite books of the year so far, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Microdose Gummies. So you've probably heard about microdosing. Maybe you've seen people talking about it on social media. Maybe you've seen some articles about it. If not, and you have no idea what we're talking about, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. You know we love a gummy. If we could have all our food in gummy form, that would be great. Uh, and microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level, folks, that's right, entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. The entry-level part is really key here, folks. If you have never taken any gummies like this before, you've never taken anything like this before, you've never tried anything like this before, and you have no idea where to start, well, we're here to tell you. It's microdose gummies. They're fantastic, whether you're looking for a creative boost. Maybe you are an artist or a writer or you do some sort of creative thing. Maybe you have a hard time sleeping or winding down at night and you just want something, a little boost to your sleep or a little boost to your relaxation. Microdose Gummies has got you covered. And what's cool about it is it's available nationwide, which is so awesome. You can learn more about microdosing THC by going to microdose.com and using code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Uh, They sent gummies to Bria and I, and they are in such cute packages with such great flavors. They're fantastic. I use them to wind down after I'm powerlifting and I need to relax a little bit. I've used them to help me with writing. They're fantastic and they're not going to throw you over the edge. It's not an intense experience, but it is a wonderful experience. And again, so you can go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. That's microdose.com, code glasses. 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 
Hal Loveland here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. This week, we're starting a new Reading Glasses tradition. We always have such a tough time picking out our favorite books of the year in December that we figured we would make a halftime show. Yeah. I don't and know why that's the halftime show noise, but it is. It's like a halftime show. Or what do they play at halftime in football games? I don't know. Any? They do. We, we could do a little dance. That's what do they a do. Wave. Do the wave. Yeah. A wave with two people is not that great. Birthday. You want to do the wave? <laughs> Birthday sleeping. Uh, we're going to talk about all our favorite books so far. From this year. So books that were released from January to June. And it is tough. I have read some arcs that I know for a fact will be on my favorites list, but they don't come out until July or August. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, there's a there's a couple in particular that are painful not to talk about because they're so good. Um, but before we tell you our picks, let's look at some 2022 Glasser favorites so far. So we asked the wonderful folks in our Slack channel, which you can join by becoming a Reading Glasses supporter at MaximumFun.org and sending proof of your membership to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com, just saying. Um, but we, so we asked everyone what their favorite books of the year and we picked all, so these are all the ones that got multiple, multiple mentions. Okay. Um, and these are, remember folks, these are all books that can't have to be released in 2022. Mm-hmm. You want to uh, start reading the list? Sure. Uh, well, well, okay. It's The Cartographers by Peng Shepard. Which also, honestly, I think if this wasn't in, a, in in the Glasser Favorites, we would have put it on one of our lists. I'm using Glasser Favorites. Oh, okay. Am oh. I not supposed oh. to? No, 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 no. I just, you know. I, I, there's ones I'm, I'm going to repeat. So get ready for that. Well, this is a big one. I think this is going to be one of our biggest books of the year. It's mm-hmm. just very well loved. Mm-hmm. And then When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill, which I own. I bought it. I pre-ordered it, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I Kiss Shara Wheeler by Casey McQuiston. I haven't read this yet, but it is on my list, obviously. Casey McQuiston is a big glasser author. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, this one I haven't read, and I but I need to buy it. Oh, it's great. It's, it's a huge book. It's uh, good. Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. Mm-hmm. Uh, book Lovers by Emily Henry. This is also on my list to read. Um, Light Years from Home by Mike Chen. No surprise there. Uh-huh. Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes, which I'll talk about in a second. Olga Dies Dreaming by Xochitl Gonzalez. Uh, this was one, I think this is a sleeper hit because I hadn't, I think I saw the cover around a little bit, but I haven't read this yet. Now I kind of want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Great book. I can see why people liked it. And then Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. And I have a quick story about this because as soon as I saw this book, I was like, ooh, I want to read this. It is not out in the U.S. yet. Oh, because I was like, I haven't even heard of this book. It And I the, I only put this on the list so I can tell as a PSA for other people because I immediately uh, DM'd uh, my, lo- my Speakeasy Books, which is uh, my local indie up in the mountains. And I was like, oh, my God, I want this book. And then I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, my God, it doesn't come out in the U.S. yet. It had, at least in print, it's not out in the U.S. yet. 
Uh, it got it became such a TikTok sensation. I think it's out in the UK that the US publisher fast tracked it and now it's coming out in the fall. I don't even think there's a pre-order link yet, but I will definitely be pre-ordering it. Um, you can get a, um, an ebook of it. You can get an ebook of it, but I, I wanted the print. Um, so if you want to read it in an ebook, you can do it right now. But And I think audio as well, which I'm pretty sure the author reads. Um, but if you want a print book, uh, keep an eye on the author's Twitter, Travis Baldry, for um, pre-order information. All right, here we go. Bria, what is your first pick? So I agree with a lot of the Glassners. So I felt like I had to like re-shout out these books because... Look, this is our time if you're like, what book should I read this year that are the best books? We're telling you. And one is Light Years From Home oh, by Mike so Chen. So fucking good. It's got sci-fi. It's got aliens. It's got family drama. It's got Mike Chen. What else could you want? <laughs> I will say New York Times bestseller, Mike Chen. Congratulations. That's right. That's right. Mike Chen's new Star Wars book, Brotherhood, uh, hit, the, hit the list. And we are very, very proud of him. Um, this whole book is about dealing a family dealing with the loss of the son of the family. And the family is really torn because the son, he... He went missing, he ran away, or maybe he was abducted by aliens, and they cannot agree with what happened to him, and then he returns. And it's, it's just a really great book, and it I think with every book, Mike Chen is becoming more and more Mike Chen, and, like, that— yeah. <laughs> he just gets better every yeah, single book. He's, he's really, like, nailing down the things, I think, that we really like about his books, so— um, There's nobody who does that sort of humanized sci-fi, mm -hmm. quite like Mike Chen, of, like, okay, here's— this very, very intimate personal story, but it's happening against the backdrop of a big sci-fi thing. Yeah, exactly. I think it's fantastic. Uh, what is your first pick? My first pick is a romance novel that was basically made for me. Oh, uh, it's on. a Caribbean heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera. Uh, so she is the author of yeah. our last erotica book club pick, Mangoes and Mistletoes. And then her publicist reached out to me to do an event with her. And I was like, oh my God, I've already done an event about her, about her books. I love this author. And I freaked out. Um, so Adriana, who I did, I got to do, I helped launch this book. We did an event together. She's a big fan of girly drinks. And we had like this amazing conversation about women in, in, in the alcohol industry. Um, cause this book, she did all this research, uh, before girly drinks came out she was like, oh, this was, I, I wish I had your book. Like, uh, she got girly drinks the month that she finished writing this book. Wow. Which I'll finally tell you what it's about. So it's about a Dominican rum heiress. Oh. Um, and she goes to the 1889 Paris exhibition cool. because she's trying to build her rum brand. Her father has just died and has like left the brand to her. And she's like, okay, I really want to keep build on this and get more buyers and get it to be an international brand. Um, and when she gets there, she meets up with this very hot man from Scotland who is the uh, son of a scotch distiller. Wow. And he runs a scotch distillery, but his father is doing some shady stuff and he's trying to figure out how to get his distillery back from his dad, to get this distillery away from his dad. But they're both really passionate about distilling and there's all kinds of talk that's like extremely, totally, ac scientifically, historically accurate about making rum and making scotch and... Um, they basically end up need, needing to team up to save both of their distilleries. Um, I will say it has my favorite sexy scene in literally all of romance. Oh, wow. It has a scene that is so sexy and so perfect that I screamed. <laughs> well. <laughs> it involves the two people, it involves them sampling from each other's flasks. Oh. It is like. Wow, ugh. wow. So wow. steamy, so hot, but also just so good. The main character, if you love a romance main character that is like, takes no shit, full, like super spicy, yeah. like she, all she cares about is building this brand. She won't take any shit from anybody. She's such a great protagonist. And what's, what I also really love about it is that she has a really close friend group of women that come to Paris with her. So if you love 
friendship books. Like yeah. they call them, uh, they call themselves the pride because they're all yeah. like women, like, and, oh, folks, this is like, it's my favorite romance. I know it's going to be my favorite, favorite romance of the year. No question. This was, uh, just made for me. I love it so much. It will not be topped. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, Bria, what is your next one? Uh, my next one is Where the Drowned Girls Go by Shauna McGuire. This is the seventh book in the Wayward Children series. I've read all of them. Um, they're novellas. They're great. This one I loved, but unfortunately, it doesn't feel like as much of a standalone as the others do. So this is definitely for fans of the series. Um, so we know, what we know about the series is that um, there it's, a school for children who basically come out of a Narnia or mm-hmm. a, some type of, type of place where they're like, I belong, I'm a princess here, or I'm made of candy here, or whatever. <laughs> and they come back to the real world and they're like, this oh no, sucks. I hate this. There's a school for them. And they go and people are like, we believe you, this did happen, but this is like how you can kind of live in the real world. Mm-hmm. What happens in this book is there is another school. And in this school, they don't believe you. And <gasps> you, uh, they are basically like, what you saw isn't true. You need to live, like, if you went to a place where things are are kooky, you have to live by really strict rules uh, here. So, like, it, it kind of forces you to be not who you are. And um, there's also mermaid stuff in this one. But, uh, but it is about that school. I think it might be confusing if you jumped in on this one, but it's still one of my favorite books of the year. And if you are reading this series, if you've read the first one, you could jump to this one and easily understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, if you read uh, Every Heart of Doorway, I totally would say you should check out um, Where the Drowned Girls Go. Because one of these books is always my favorite book of the year. But yeah. uh, this one I just really enjoyed. Awesome. What's your second pick? My second pick is another book that I feel was like made for oh, me specifically. I just got this from the library. Oh my God, I cannot wait for you to read this book. Yeah. It is The Book of the Most Precious Substance by Sarah Gran. Um we got rare book detectives. We got mysteries and we got sex magic. Wow. What else you need? Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I keep describing it as if the movie The Ninth Gate was really good. And it's just true. Like I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, it's like it's like a, when Johnny Depp is the uh, rare book detective and he has to go find an evil book. Oh, it's familiar. like a terrible movie. Like it's a it's a, an adaptation of the Club Dumas. Um and oh. it is it's not a good movie. It's very, okay. it's very cheesy, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's about this woman and she's a rare book dealer and she um, hears about through one of her colleagues, this like really rare book called the book of the most precious substance that's supposed to, if you do all these rituals that are in the book, you, anything. Can You've happen. recommended this to a number of people too. God, I love I, it so much. Yeah. So she ends up going out on this like, like wacky adventure trying to find this book of sex magic mm-hmm. for this client. But of course she won't like, you know, the guy, her and the colleague that are like trying to find this, uh, end up doing some of the rituals. And it's like this like thriller that's, in, that's very literary involves looking for books, but it's also like this really cool history involved and something that the, her, her relationship with her husband who is, um, in a coma. Um, she's been in a coma for a really long time. Um, and the, because part, part of the reason why she wants to find this book is she thinks maybe it'll help him. Like the the drama in her relationship, it's just so, oh my God, it's so good. It is absolutely going to be my favorite of the year. It's one of those books where I, as soon as I finished it, I was like, this is going to be, and I'm going to talk about this in our, our last episode of the year. I know oh, it. Oh, great. Okay. It's amazing. Uh, but before we talk about the rest of our favorite books of the year so far, along with some anticipated books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by our friends over at Magic Spoon. 
I love Magic Spoon, folks. If you're trying to cut down on carbs and sugar, it might feel like all of your fun breakfast options are off the table. We all love a tasty, silly, sugary breakfast cereal, but they're not always the best thing to have every day for breakfast. Magic Spoon on the other hand, has zero grams of sugar, which is absolutely bonkers, 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Absolutely incredible. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free and low-carb. All the things Magic Spoon has you covered, and you can build your own box. There's cocoa flavor, fruity flavor, which is my favorite, frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry, cinnamon roll, and honey nut, Do these sound like sugary fun cereals? Yes. Do they have all the sugar and calories of sugary fun cereals? No, it is truly magical. I obviously love it. If you listen to the show, you know that I'm a power lifter and I'm always trying to get a lot of protein, but maybe you're just trying to cut down on carbs. Maybe you're just trying to cut down on sugar. Maybe you're trying a new diet. Maybe you're going keto or grain-free, but you don't want to have a boring breakfast. Magic Spoon is perfect. And they just brought back their cereal bars. So if you don't want to sit down and actually have a bowl of cereal, you want the cereal experience on the go. They've got you covered on that front as well. Folks, I'm obsessed with Magic Spoon. It's absolutely fantastic. So all you got to do is go to magicspoon.com slash glasses to grab a custom bundle of cereal. Make sure to use our promo code glasses at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. And if you don't like it, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So why not try it out? Go to magicspoon.com slash glasses and use the code glasses to save $5 off glasses. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. All right, Bria, what is your next pick? My next pick is To Paradise by Hanya Yanagihara. This book floored me. I listened to it. It's a great listen. Um, three timelines told separately. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Essentially, it's like three novellas kind of with like linking. They're all in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first is about a world in which gay marriage is legal in the 1800s, and a man has to decide between love or what his family wants, but also is it a love or is this guy kind of a ne'er-do-well and like... That's that whole storyline. Um, and then there's a 1993 storyline and a 20, uh, 2093 storyline. So they're all like 100 years apart. Um, I love the future one because it's about like a fascist society. <laughs> and I love fascism. I was <laughs> <gonna> say, <laughs> but 
I mean, you love you love a, a, a future dystopia. I like so. a dystopia. I like a dystopia. I'm um, just kidding. I don't love fascism. Um, and it took a. Uh, it's about a girl who doesn't quite fit in. Uh, it's just a really beautifully written book, and I got really attached to these characters, and I kept thinking about them, and I just, yeah, I, I, it was so beautifully written. Um, this one, I, I think, I think this one will make it to the end of the year. I think it yeah. will, it will, yeah. Barnes and Noble just picked it as their, their mid. Barnes and Noble also did a halftime show, oh. and this was one of their big, big, uh, their picks so I, far. I imagine these books running through a gauntlet yes. of books, <laughs> and those books all have swords it's, trying to like poke them and not it's like tough mutter but for books exactly and i feel like this one could possibly make it um what's your next one all right so this next one i also knew that immediately that it was going to be one of my favorites of the year and i think that you should read it but i know that it will make you cry oh but it is so good uh it's unlikely animals by annie harnett this book just fucking blew me away i didn't want it to end it's one of those books that you just want to like live in Mm -hmm. i I still think about the characters and i'm like oh what would they be doing right now um it's about this woman who she's come she comes home from college in california to her small new hampshire town because her father is dying he has this brain disease and one of the symptoms is that he's been hallucinating the ghost of a famous new hampshire naturalist so he like imagines that this man is like hanging out in his like having coffee with him in the morning talking about animals Mm, um love that. the whole family has to like pretend that he's there with him so they don't freak the dad out um and it's told from the pov of all the ghosts in the town cemetery oh i love that who are like the, like this all these people of like you know they've been there for hundreds of years they're like omnipresent they know everything that's going on in the town and they care about all the people so she's 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 coming back um and she has a secret that she's keeping from her family uh, i won't tell you what it is about what she's been doing in california and she's trying to figure out like does she want to stay in new england like she's one of the the central things that she's really reckoning with in the book is that when she left california she was like the gold left for california she was the golden child and everyone mm-hmm. she's like i think i'm better than this town i'm going to succeed i have this special talent to do all this stuff and it turns out that's not true mm. So she has to figure out, like, what does she do with... If you're, like, a former gifted kid who had to reckon with, like, real life, uh-huh. um, and she finds this dog on the way, and this dog becomes her friend. There's a lot of animals involved. Yeah. Uh, and she has to kind of reckon, like, okay, well, do I stay in the small town? How, what do I do with my life now that I realize that I'm not special? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, helping her father and solving this mystery about this... Um, one of the central things that happens in the town... Ta- and this is a real thing, is there's a... Um, game park like this millionaire built this hunting park like a hundred years before that rich people have cabins in and live in and stocked with like all these animals but no one's allowed in unless you remember so everyone in the town is like dying to see what's inside it's like boars and bears and all kinds of stuff uh it's just very it's like all very very uh animal centric this book okay this book is so good it's absolutely amazing um it's just like this very it's all about figuring out what you want to do with your life and freeing yourself from expectations uh, all through the story of this like very quirky town with very quirky people. It's so good. Um, what is your next pick? Oh, next I gotta read this one. Is one yeah, I'm gonna agree with the classers on this one is Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes. Good space book. Solid space book. I always have one <laughs> space book for my end of year. This one this one is great. I love that the glassers we're all on the same page here. Um basically if it's like if you found the Titanic floating in the middle of nowhere. And it was full of dead people. Ooh. And this is, it's that, but in space. So it's a very fancy ship out in the middle of nowhere. This group gets sent, they have to figure out what happened. You know, very like alien in that mm-hmm. way. Um, uh, but guess what ha- Things happen. Not good stuff. Nothing good. Nothing good happens Folks, when something's floating dead people in space. Something's floating in space. Don't go on there. What are you doing? Um, and it's uh, like, 
it's it's cool. It has like a little bit of annihilation, a Ooh. little bit of alien. And it's just, just like some it's very good. It's super dark. Um, um, and I it's or the way the book is done is is I thought the structure was really great because you can't just go to the ship. And that's all that happened. You can, but they had to go to the ship twice, which I kind of was, no! I, I dug that they ended up having to go back to the ship. That is always like, if you can pull that off in a book, I'm like, good job. <laughs> good job, S.A. Good Barnes. job. You made terrible decisions. I'm uh, proud of you. It, but it worked out. It worked out really well for the book. Um, What is your, is this your last one? No, second to last pick. Uh, my next pick uh, is When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Bonwo. I talked about this on the show when I was reading it. Um, it's just such a beautiful book. It's literary fantasy, magical realism-esque. It's about this woman. Um, she's about to inherit powers of communicating with the dead from her dying mom. Like mm. Her mom's dying, and she's like, all right, well, you're going to get these powers. And she's like, mm, I don't really want them. Um, and she has this very complicated relationship with her mom. Um, and then there's this young grave digger and he's estranged from his mother because their religion forbids, he's, they're Rastafarian and it forbids contact with the dead. Mm. But the only, they're both really poor and the only job that he can get, like he goes to the labor office and they're like, all right, well, you can be a grave digger or you can starve. And he's like, uh, all right, fuck. Okay. But then his mom like disowns him because of, you know, they're not allowed to have any contact with the dead. Uh, and the two of them fall in love in a really oh. weird, magical way. Oh, um, and then them trying to like figure out how to how to come how to come together, how to be together, how to like cast off the weight of you know these th these roles that have been you know thrust upon them by their by their families. And it's just real. It's really beautifully written, and it's so gorgeous. And it's just you know when sometimes people describe a book as lush. Oh yes, this is a lush book. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, what is your last one? Well, I just talked about Lesser No Monsters and said it was going to be on the top of my list. So I didn't want people to think I was a liar. <laughs> also, I figured out why I thought that I already had an arc of that book. I got it confused with a short story collection called What We Fed to the Manticore. Oh. Um, which is an arc that I have. Oh. Similar book. Similar. It's also short stories about monsters. Oh, nice. Love and that. I was like, that's why I'm confused. <laughs> so I'm going to do a different book um, since I literally just talked about that one. Uh, I'm going to talk about Sundial Ooh. by, by Katrina Ward. Um, one of... One of the best horror writers right now is Katrina Ward, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, doing, yeah. Doing, just doing a really great job of scaring the shit out of all of us. <laughs> um, it is so scary. It is about a pair of twins. It's about evil. It is about social and medical experiments. Uh, uh, content warnings for death of animals. Um, it is a tough read, as all mm -hmm. of Katrina Ward's books are. But I thought it was a very, again, rewarding read we both loved her book last year last house on needless street yeah we talk about it quite a, quite a bit um this was one i was waiting on and it did not disappoint pretty horrifying spooky what's your last one um my last pick is not a surprise it's the second book in the edinburgh night series why are we all so obsessed with edinburgh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird uh by tl huchu it's our lady of mysterious ailments um i love this series so much tl huchu made me love series again single-handedly he did great. it um i the second book really delivers. You know, sometimes in a series you're like, ah, second book syndrome. This book just absolutely rocks. It has a new mystery for Ropa to solve that involves a magical school. We all love a magical school. Uh, it's just such a cool world. And Ropa is such an incredible protagonist. Like, can I would 
absolutely throw all the money at a TV show based on this. I I would literally watch her solve a thousand magical, spooky mysteries in this alternative Edinburgh. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I love her voice so much. Like, when I was halfway through the first book, I had this realization that, like, oh, I love this character and I would just watch her do anything and I was like oh that's how I know I'm back into series because mm-hmm. I just want and I it's at least a trilogy so I know there's at least one more book coming and she's just so fun I love a character that's like she's so on the fringe yeah of so much of the stuff I love um it's just really refreshing because there's a lot of magical school books and a lot of, a lot of magic books where like the um you know the the main character is a chosen one from a magical sure. family and gets to all the, do all the coolest things and she's like no I'm broke as fuck yeah you know I have to support my grandma who like who may or may not want to date this like old guy who lives in this trailer park that we that we that we live in and you know I I'm constantly I constantly want need money and everything that I own is breaking and I'm on the fringes of the society but I'm trying to help them at the same time and they don't want to they don't want to let me help it's just so good I love it so much um all right. So there's still the other whole half of the year to look forward to. Uh, so we figure we talk about some books that we are really excited about. Maybe we've got them pre-ordered. Maybe we already have arcs of them and we've read them. Mm-hmm. Um, Bria, what are some books that are coming out that you're looking forward to? Or have already come out and you maybe you haven't read them yet? Um, well, the Sarah Graham book, I, I, like I said, I just got it from the library. Oh my God, I'm very so excited. excited. So, so up my alley. I saw someone else talking about it on Instagram whose tastes I like. So I feel like this is one a must-read. Um, I'm excited for everyone to read the new Paul Tremblay and the new Sarah Gailey. Uh, I mean, I know you and I both read them, but they're very good. Yeah. I thought, spoiler alert for, spoiler alert, folks. Those Paul Bears by Paul Tremblay and Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey will absolutely be on our best of the year list. Mm. It's a new Sarah Gailey and a new Paul Tremblay. We have no, I mean, that's just that's how things work around here. Um, there's a new book by Ursula Vernon, also known as King T. Kingfisher, called What Moves the Dead that's coming out that I'm very excited Good. about. And then you sent me a new book by uh, Ling Ma of short stories called Bliss Montage. As so soon I'm as that came up, about. I immediately sent it to you. I was like, yes. Ling Ma alert! Because I love, <laughs> I, I loved Severance, so this is very exciting. Uh, what uh, what are you looking forward to? Man, there are so many. And I feel like I've been reading more new releases than I normally do this you, year. You are. You are. I've been. Surprising. Because I figured out my NetGalley account. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I did not have my NetGalley together. And I think this year I have my Kobo. So I'm reading more arcs because it's easier to get them uh, in digital. Um, I've got the new Sylvia Moreno-Garcia pre-ordered. Right, yes. um, that comes out. In July. Um, so it's a retelling of the island of Dr. Moreau, which I'm really, I think it's literally just called the daughter of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, I love that. So excited for it. Um, and then there's the new Elsie Rosen in October, Lavender House, which is a queer historical thriller. I just got an arc of that. It's going to be Fine. a big glasser book. It's described as ni- Knives Out meets Carol. Oh my God, love that. So excited. You know, we're big Elsie Rosen fans on the show. Um, also, I have Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield pre ordered. Um, I almost pre-ordered this book three times because I pre-ordered <laughs> it and then I, w- I keep seeing it and I'm like, oh, fuck, I really want to read that. Our mm-hmm. Wives Under the Sea is just such a great title. And then I look, check on bookshop.org and I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, good. I've already got it pre-ordered. Um, it's described as if Annihilation only focused on the parts of their marriage. Oh, wow. Okay. It's about this marine biologist who comes back from a mission and she- her wife finds that she has changed in some very weird ways. And I'm like, oh, fuck, give me that. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, again, I keep <laughs> keep pre- trying to pre-order yeah. again and again. Thank God for bookshop.org. I can keep a track of this shit. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really, there's a lot of big books coming out this year. We're really excited. Uh, we want to hear what your favorite books are. Uh, tell us your favorite books of the year so far or, so, or tell us ones that you're really looking forward to. Send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. 
Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. I left the name off of this one. Um, there, This person says, there's a popular upcoming book release that I want to put on hold at the library, but the regular print and eBooks already have a hundred holds, over a hundred holds each on it. So it would take months to get to me. However, the large print copy only has a handful of holds, but I assume the large print copy is intended to accommodate people who need it. Since I do not require this accommodation, I feel guilty putting this version on hold just to get to the book sooner as I'm delaying someone who might require this accommodation from getting the book. What should I do? Bria, what do you, what do, you do in this scenario? Okay, I may be wrong, but I think if you put the regular book on hold, the non-large print copy, um, the library will buy more copies. Because I find sometimes mm-hmm. I will put a book on hold and it's like, you're... There is one of 100 copies uh, in use right now, or whatever, 100 people waiting. And then it'll be like, oh, now there's 30 in circulation. Like it'll just, they'll buy more copies. Yeah. So I think that's always a good way of you telling the library, hey, hey, more people <laughs> want this book. You better buy more copies. Yeah. And also, we were going to say, I feel like this is a literary equivalent of parking in a handicapped spot. And I don't, are we still calling them that? Um, don't cut this out of the show because I like, that's what they're, those parking spots are called, but I feel like maybe that is not the right thing that we should be calling them. I, I feel like maybe that is still, like, the name for them, but maybe yes. we're, I don't know. But everyone knows, knows what we're talking about. And, folks, if there is a better name for it, please write in and let me know. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, everyone who doesn't need one of those special spots has thought at least one time in their life. Oh, yeah. Of using it when there's, like, nobody around. No parking. And it's convenient. Yeah. And you're, like, in a rush and you really need to get in. Um, But you can't. The thing is... You just can't. Uh, your instincts are right. Person who wrote in, you might be delaying someone who really needs the accommodation from getting the book sooner because that person can't or is not able to read the the regular print version. And mm-hmm. that's, it's just not cool. And I get it. We've all thought about it. There have mm-hmm. been several times where there's been like a big buzzy book and I'm like, oh, that other list is shorter and I could get it faster, but it's, you just can't do it. Mallory, what do you think about if there are ones available in large print? Like, there's no holes. No one's waiting for it. It's just those people. No one's wanting it. I kind of feel the same way. It's like when you like uh, when you walk into a bathroom and there's the disabled stall and there's no one waiting for it. Like, I, I had a friend who, who used one of those bathroom stalls and, like, came out and there was, like, a person using a wheelchair waiting for it and was like, uh, you don't yeah. need this stall. I just, like... What? Because what if, like, the next day someone who needs that accommodation wants to get that book? I bet people are going to have opinions about this. Because I remember when I worked at the library, the the large print section, there were people who used it, and it was great. But a lot of those books did not go get checked out very often. I know. It's just one of those things. There's just no way to know. There is no way to know. I would love for, like, librarian folks, please weigh in. I just feel like... I would just feel so bad if, like, I mm-hmm. cut the line to get this different type of book to get a large print version, and then, like, the next day, someone who really needed the large print version couldn't get it. Right, um, they're gonna have to wait three. And weeks the, like, or the thing is, it's not like they're all, no one will ever know. No one's the book police yeah. are not gonna ver like come in and verify you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, wait. I feel like we should talk to librarians. I mean, I think you should definitely put the one the regular print book on hold because I do think your library will order more. Yes. I think that is like important. It's a good way to let your library know there's interest in this book. Obviously they know if there's a hundred people waiting. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I think it's getting sticky because then like there's people who like have multiple library cards because that was going to be my other things like, would you try another library? But then it's like, are you cutting in front of people there in that place? I mean, I don't know. So I think, um, 
yeah, I think we're in agreement. If there's holds on both of them, I would wait until there's no holds, at least. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But you also know that I'm really bad at breaking the rules. You're bad at breaking? You're not good at breaking rules. You know I love a rule. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would feel, again, folks, please write in because I... uh, I I know, we're really, we're we're a little torn on this one. Well, I just, I don't think I couldn't do it. And I feel like, again... if there's holes, I mean, obviously those people, there's people waiting for that book. What book was this? I know, I'm very curious. Um... But it's, it's the same thing. It's like using that parking spot. Like, there's a good chance that you can park in that parking spot and no one will ever try to, in the time frame that you are going to be inside the store, no one will try to park there and no oh one will God. need it. I would never. And, it, and, there will be no, and there'll be no harm done. But at the same time, what if someone does? Yeah, no, no, no. I would never in a million years park in the parking spot. And I feel like that means never in a million years could you put a, a, a large print copy that you don't need on hold. Yeah, I guess I weigh in librarians because I I guess the question is like, is it better to have like some of those books in circulation? Like if they're just sitting on the shelf, is it better yeah. to have them in circulation so then there's interest oh, for sure. and they know that people will check them out and like then they stay in the library? Like, or does it not matter if there's interest because it's not like you're, um, you need those large print books? Yeah, let us know. Very, it's an yeah. interesting question. Folks, We're right in. Con- but I, fe- I feel like as it stands right now, don't do it. Don't put it on hold. We're saying don't do it. Don't do it. We will hopefully get some more information. Yeah. To to either back up this cho- this this piece of advice or maybe refute it. But yeah, I, I think, think to be a good citizen, you don't put it on hold. No, you're just gonna. The good thing is, is five million other books to read. We, there are we so could read one of the books that we talked about. Yeah, in this episode. <laughs> we just gave you so many to read that may also these may have the hundred people waiting list. Yeah, and you know what. There was something really funny that the Glassers were talking about in the Slack channel recently about how disappointed you get when you go to put a book on hold at the library and there is no hold because then you have to read it right away. (laughs) (laughs) I love when there's a hold because it just feels like putting a layaway. It's like book layaway. Okay, I will read this later. And it'll come up and it'll be great. But when like I put a book on hold and it, this happened to me the other day, uh, like a book that I wasn't ready to read right away and I put it on hold and I was like, all right, delivered to your phone. And I was like, oh shit. Oh no. Oh, no. I'm in the middle of another book. No, <laughs> I'm not ready. Bad. Not ready. So maybe, you know, look on the good side. Maybe there's other things that you can read while you're waiting for this book. That's true. If you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy so much cool shit over at our Void Merch store. You get, you want a book slut shirt? You want a libraries or flipping awesome tote bag? You want a reading glasses mug? There's all kinds of cool stuff. And the best part about it, besides the fact that you look cool and show off your love of reading, it supports us. It helps us feed Birthday of the Dog who really wants some snacks. Uh, There's a link in the show notes to that. And if you like the show and you want to do something for us that costs no money, not a single penny to you except a minute of your time, you can rain review us on the uh, podcast listening app of your choice. It'll take not a lot of time, but it'll make a really big difference for us. It's great for us and helps us reach more listeners and sponsors. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. 